Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Josiah Smith, filling in for Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, August 11th, 2022. I love living in an HOA. (laughs) Now, I don't know if anyone has ever actually said that, particularly with my generation, HOAs tend to be uh, not necessarily looked upon in most favorable of terms, but I know they have their place and I know that can be helpful, especially for those of you who have migrated from California or we live in Meridian, Idaho here or, or the surrounding areas. Pretty much all, all the neighborhoods here locally are HOAs, and so that's kind of what we're used to, paying the HOA dues, making sure that we follow the HOA guidelines, making sure our grass is green and it's cut, and that our the trees that we plant are in compliance, and that our garbage cans are taken out at the right time and put back at the right time. Now, it is interesting. There are some HOA rules just across the country that are absolutely ridiculous. I, I looked into this a little bit. This morning, and one of them is that if you're going to be in this particular HOA and you're going to have a garage sale, you got a lot of stuff, got to get rid of it. If you're going to have a garage sale, you have to have a dress code. So, all of the people that show up to your house, they must wear polos and khakis in this HOA. That sounds like an HOA that I'd want to be a part of. That's awesome. A dress code for garage sales. Or another HOA said that uh, there was one homeowner stated that they were required to get architectural approval for two potted plants that were just sitting outside by their front door. Architectural approval. Wow. They must have been some pretty, pretty intense plants. Or here's another one. There's one HOA that says that you're not allowed to share towels at the pool. Not sure why you would do that anyways. I guess if you've got kids and they're sharing towels, sure, whatever. But that's that's a rule. You're not allowed to share towels at the pool. And in fact, you will be fined 25 bucks if you violate this rule. Now, these are funny rules. We know the HOAs, again, they're not all bad. They're, they're helpful. They are intended to help increase the value of the overall community. But I would say that if there was a verse that they were going to plaster, or if I was going to lead an HOA, here's the verse that I would decide to be the theme verse of that HOA. Proverbs 27, 14. It says, whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted as cursing. That's the HOA verse of the year. Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted as cursing. Now, obviously, I'm just joking. I'm playing around because we understand that HOAs, they have these community guidelines that are intended to really increase the overall value of the community that you live in, not just financially, but I think just the quality of life and just being able to enjoy the house that you live in, the neighborhood and the community that you live in. That's kind of the role and the job of an HOA. Well, as we open to our reading today in Proverbs 27, we see some community guidelines in the form of wisdom for us to follow in order to increase the value or to increase the depth or the meaningfulness of the relationships with those around us. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 27. And right here in verse 5, it just goes right for it. It says, better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Right off the bat, as we think about the relationships with those closest to us, Proverbs 27.5 says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. 
love. What what's more useful in the long run in the long run in a relationship context in the communities in which you are involved with? Well, it says the that an open rebuke is better than hidden love because an open rebuke is instructive. It's it's helpful. It it can be something that is used by God to grow that individual. Hidden love, love not expressed or articulated, maybe even in encouragement, it's not as useful. So even as we think about those around us, we have to understand that Proverbs and wisdom would say an open rebuke. Now, obviously, this needs to be done with gentleness and grace, and our words need to be seasoned with salt. But the community guideline for us is we need to, to understand that even in the relationships that we have with one another, sometimes uh, a rebuke is necessary, a correction, a, a disciplined moment of saying, hey, there's things in your life that maybe shouldn't be there. They're not helpful for you. They're not helpful maybe for this community. And we we want to, in love, we want to build you up by rebuking you. Proverbs 27, 5. And that may seem strange. We're going to rebuke you because we love you. But that's what the, the wisdom of Proverbs 27 says. And then in verse 6, kind of goes on and says, the faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. A friend is willing to look you in the eye with, again, gentleness and grace and out of love, but is willing to look you in the eye and tell you the truth of what needs to be said. And and it's not just the truth in, in some generic sense. It's the truth of God's word. A friend is willing to bring the truth of God's word to bear, even if it's uncomfortable, even if they're nervous. That's what a true friend does. And that's a, we could say an HOA guideline for us in our communities is we got to understand that better is an, an open rebuke than hidden love and faithful are the wounds of a friend. Being able to just in love, call one another out on our sin, on our struggles so that we can call each other to a higher standard of godliness. If you skip down to verse 10, it says, do not forsake your friend and your father's friend and do not go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. Now, this is interesting because it's talking about there's there's a there's a situation that is difficult for you. That's what it says in the day of your calamity. But it says better is a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. So the, the people around you, I think one of the, the things that we can pull from this verse is that we need to be as best as we can and as intentionally as we can, we need to be investing in those around us and not having our brother, so to speak, be so far away. It's, no, we, we need to have meaningful relationships with our neighbors, with those that we come into contact with that are in our proximity. It says, do not forsake your friend. And your father's friend, and do not go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. Then we have that verse, <laughs> verse fourteen again. We started as the the HOA verse of the year, and verse fourteen: Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, will be counted as cursing. Now we use that as as a joke at the beginning, but this is just we 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 can think about being considerate of those around us in our communities, in the, those circles of communities that we run into on a consistent basis. It's just whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning would be counted as cursing. It's just thinking about being aware of the the ways in which we are, our actions are affecting those around us. And then in verse 17, this is the last verse we'll look at in Proverbs 27. 
It says iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. And this is really a good summary verse for what we're trying to communicate, which is that the the, the community guidelines that we are trying to establish or that the Proverbs is trying to establish are for our good and for our sharpening. And so as we think about what the, the Bible has to say about the ways in which we engage and interact with one another, we need to understand that if we do the things that scripture prescribes, it's going to be like iron sharpening iron. We're going to sharpen one another more in Christ and push each other further in godliness and in sanctification. And I don't know about you, but that's a community that I would want to be a part of. That's a community where there's going to be meaningful confrontation. Again, that, that we, that's not a word that we like, but there's going to be meaningful confrontation because it's, it's going to be intended for the purpose of godliness and holiness. There's going to be just people just being considerate and thoughtful of the ways in which their actions are affecting those around them. There's going to be this iron sharpening iron. There's going to be growth and just this, again, holiness that is cultivated in that type of community. And that's a community that I would want to be a part of. Now, as we turn to the next chapter, Proverbs chapter 28, there's a lot of themes here that we kind of need to just unpack a little bit. There's the theme of the righteous and the wicked, which is a little bit what we talked about yesterday. There's the those who follow the law versus those who don't. And then there's the theme of the rich and poor. So as you read this chapter, those those are the two are the three things that are going to be reoccurring kind of over and over again. So be on the lookout for those, the righteous and the wicked, those who follow the law versus those who don't, and the rich and the poor. Let me just show you a few examples of this. Proverbs 28, 5 says, evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand it completely. Verse 6 says, better is a poor man, rich and the poor, who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. And here's uh, the law versus those who don't follow the law. Verse 7, the one who keeps the law is a son with understanding, but a companion of gluttons shames his father. And then it switches again to the rich and the poor. Verse 8, whoever multiplies his wealth by interest and profit gathers it for him who is generous to the poor. And verse 9, if one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is is an abomination. Now, it's just helpful for us to have categories to think through as we read through the Proverbs. There's a lot of different things that can often feel disjointed, but those are some categories for you to kind of think through as you read today. Proverbs 28, righteous and the wicked, those who follow the law versus those who don't, and the rich versus the poor. Then as we turn to Proverbs chapter 29, we have even more categories. We still have the same category of righteous and wicked. We have some rich and poor, not as much as chapter 28, but we have some in chapter 29, rich and poor. Then we have rules for the ruler. We have discipline and correction, and we also have justice as well. So Proverbs 29.1 says, he who is often reproved, he who is disciplined, yet stiffens his neck will suddenly be broken beyond healing. And this kind of connects back to Proverbs 27, 17 or Proverbs 27, 5. Better is an open rebuke. Faithful are the wounds of the friend. It says in Proverbs 29, 1, he who is often reproved, he who is rebuked or he who is sharpened or is intended to be sharpened by his brother yet stiffens his neck, doesn't submit to that, doesn't receive that well in humility, will suddenly be broken beyond healing. That's a good warning for us. And just, again, a a good community guideline for us to keep in mind as we engage with one another, as we out of love, try to hold each other accountable. We need to understand that if we are not willing to receive that correction, 
Proverbs says we will suddenly be broken beyond healing. We'll go so so deeply into our own sinfulness, into our own selfishness, whatever it might be, that it's going to be really hard for us to to grow in in a positive direction. He who is often reproved yet stiffens his neck will suddenly be broken beyond healing. Then if we skip down to verse four, it says by justice, this is kind of rules for ruler, uh, rules for a ruler. By justice, a king builds up the land, but he who exacts gifts, that just means he who taxes heavily or unnecessarily tears it down. So by justice, a king builds up the land, but he who exacts gifts or taxes it heavily tears it down. Then if we skip down to verse 15, it says the rod and reproof give wisdom. We're back to that discipline theme. The rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child let to himself brings shame to his mother. Verse 17, again, another theme of discipline says, discipline your son and he will give you rest and he will delight to, and he will give delight to your heart. So again, Proverbs 28, we have the righteous and the wicked, those who follow the law versus those who don't, the rich and the poor. And then we have in Proverbs 29, also the righteous and the wicked, the rich and the poor rules for rulers, discipline and correction and justice. Those are just, again, some themes and some categories for you to think through as you're reading through the Proverbs today. Now, as we turn just briefly to our New Testament passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I want to focus really quickly on verses 1 through 6. What I'm just wanting to draw out of this is the heart that I think we should have for our neighbors. We've been talking about community guidelines, things that are going to help us create a community that is meaningful, that sharpens each other as iron sharpens iron. This, I think, is the heart that we should have for our unbelieving neighbors, those who are around us that don't have not been shown the light of Christ and have not been transformed by the light of Christ. Here's what Paul says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in verse 1 says, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. We keep pressing on. But we have renounced disgraceful and underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And here's what I want to, to pick up on in verse 3. It says, And even if our gospel is veiled, even if people can't truly see the truth of the gospel, it is veiled to those who are perishing. That's that's our neighbors, or those who don't believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 4, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let, shine, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. What I want us to take away from this, again, is a heart for our neighbors to understand the spiritual battle that's constantly raging. There is an enemy out there seeking to blind the eyes from the truth in the light of the gospel. As we think about being good neighbors, that should cultivate in us a love and a desire for them to join the community of faith that we are trying so desperately through the wisdom of the Proverbs to, to create in a community and environment that sharpens each other and that pushes each other closer to Christ. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. Pastor Ben Blakey will be back on August 22nd. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.